Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by the Sultan of Steel, the Miracle of McRae, MindFit's very own superstar, the macho man, Nick Sutherland. You've missed your calling as an announcer at the in the wrestling or the UFC or something. Yeah, it's you a dream. You could be the new. You could be the new Bruce Buffer. That's it, the Aussie Buff. I have a friend, uh, Mick. Big shout out to Mick Simpson, who um, pre-COVID things haven't kind of fired up again post-COVID. But pre-COVID, the local in uh, Melbourne here, the local um, MMA scene, he was actually doing the the announcing for it. So, yeah, just, just before COVID hit, I was ready to organise because you can get like a table of 10. Um, they put dinner on, drinks down by the cage. And, um, yeah, may- maybe I could have snuck in to announce a fight or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I had a client turn up the other day. Uh, lots of clients come and talk about the podcast. And, oh, and this resonated and it was perfect time and I heard this and that. And this client came in and he was like, oh, I couldn't stop laughing the other day. Like, oh, which bit? What was it? And he's like, oh, Ryan's, you know, tears, like wanking tears. Remember that episode? Shame. The shame wanking tears. <laughs> the, the 44 gallon drum. <laughs> I can't, I, I, I don't remember how, most of the shit we go on about. So it's no, me neither. But if someone brings up something specific, I can go because I had forgotten about the. The the forty four gallon drum of my shame waking tears. <laughs> yeah, so you asked how I am, and I said I'm hungover. Uh, Two sherbets last night. Couple of couple of shandies. Yeah, it's um, it was great. It was great. It was just M Ava and I. So Ava's M's daughter, and um, just this has been heaps going on. I I thought. Earlier, my clients do this. Oh, that's funny because uh, I ask my clients, "How are you?" and they're not allowed to say "good" or anything. And I just have to do push-ups, so they they think about how they are. And the next can ask me, "How am I?" and they think about it on the way here, which is great, mindful. Um, and I was thinking about what am I going to say to Ryan? I'm like, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the, all the past versions of me. I'm, I'm so grateful for all the work I've done and continue to do. I'm so thankful for everything i'm just in this puddle of gratitude at the moment can we call and, the episode uh, today hungover and grateful yes yeah. yes let's do that um yeah because there's just been a heap going on uh you know we've got renovations in mccray we're, we're building up in queensland at acacia um we, we we had to put the cat down on ava's cat down on monday night um you know, we were in court yesterday uh, for Isaac's driving offence, and, and what else we got? Just got so Em's mum's been in hospital, uh, having surgeries, and it's just just life. Life's just happening, but it's happening in abundance right now. And um, yeah, I know. Last night, Em Em's, Em's really. It's been. It's been. Yeah, I'm thankful for the work that I'm because I, I, I sit in that space between stimulus and response. I, I live that sort of meditative life. And I've been observing Em and the kids and, and everyone around me 
and Em's been on a real like her heart is so deep. Her heart, her love is so strong, and um, you know she she's really been struggling lately. And and I'm just so grateful that I've done the work to be in a position where I can support her um, through through this and hold space for her and set boundaries for her sometimes and all that stuff. So um, last night it was just a a bit of a release, you know, it was like a bit of a corner had been turned and it was brought, bought some steaks and had some, you know, cranked the barbie up and Ava came home and a couple of, a couple of beers and bottles of wine and uh, good tunes on and just great chats and laugh. It was just a, a beautiful, yeah, cathartic sort of evening. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think like when you have a lot of us have a lot going on like you have. So I'm just going to turn my heater off here. It's making a noise. Plus this podcast is heating up, so I don't need it anymore. When we have a lot going on <laughs> coming at us from different corners, you know, we tend to get, you know, overwhelmed, you know, if we haven't kind of done the work and we're able to sit in that space that you spoke about between stimulus and response, then then life can kind of feel like it's getting on top of us and, you know, we, we wish things would quieten down a little bit. But, you know, it's funny how when things do quieten down, we kind of wish that we had more going on as well. It's, 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 the, it's the, the, the paradox. It's that, oh, I wish it would stop. You know, I've got clients, school farmers, and they're like, they've been in drought. Oh, I wish it would rain, and then it starts raining, and then it rains too much. Oh, I wish it would stop raining. And, and that's the discontent. That's suffering. That's everyone, Everyone's in this state of discontentedness all the time. But all the stuff we've been experiencing, I said life's happening. I said it's been fucked or it's been shit or it's been – life's just been happening and it all just is. There's no there's no attachment or desire for any of it to be different. Uh, it's, all, it's all really important stuff. Yeah, that's the beauty, isn't it? I, I don't have a desire for things to be different. Life's happening just the way it's meant to happen. So much of it is outside of my forces. It's been unfolding the way it's been unfolding for billions of years. Um, do I uh, become in resistance to what's happening or do I say, hey, this is what's happening and, and have those beautiful moments of gratitude? I was speaking to a, a friend the other week and he was reminding me of it, which was really good because he'd been sick and some of his family had been sick and, um, you know, it'd, it'd been like a kind of a long journey. And he goes, oh, just, you know, enjoy these moments. And I'm like, what, what moments? He goes, just where you're living your life, everyone, you know, your family are healthy, your friends are healthy, like just enjoy this. It's not until those moments of, I suppose, um, struggle that we go, oh, I wish everything was back the way it was, you know, six months ago when everyone was kind of healthy. Well, we, we, we live um, when things are constantly around us and we're in constant contact with things, we start taking everything for granted. And, and so when it becomes... When the status quo is disrupted, then then that's where people are reminded how good we've actually got it. And, you know, COVID was a classic example of that. Um, all of a sudden, people couldn't do what they'd been so conditioned to do over many years, and there was a, a massive amount of suffering because they just they they weren't getting what they want, and life wasn't perfect, and the egos were. were society's ego was really triggered and activated. Um, COVID. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, we, we talk about non dualistic living uh, and uh, non dualism. And so, happiness, content, suffering, discontent, they're equally as important, 
uh, one's not better, one's not worse. Uh, and when we experience something that's pleasant, as your friend was talking about, yeah, let's 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 go in, into gratitude for it, um, because because everyone's well and healthy and knocking it out of the park and whatever. But then when when it all gets turned on its head and and it's unpleasant and it's dark and stormy and and uncomfortable we go into gratitude for that uh, and equally an equal amount of gratitude because there's so much value in there we're going to learn amazing life lessons it's going to forge us it's going to bond us it's going to challenge us it's going to there's, there's so much growth in there so both is, are is what you're equally, saying though Nick, is what you're saying is it non-dual or is it a complete acceptance of the dualistic nature of being a human being well i think it's transcending the dualism it's good and bad it's it's not good and more yeah. bad it's 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 non-binary <laughs> <laughs> me and nick from now on we're living a non-binary life not in the way you uh, think uh, yeah i um i identify as just being there you go Ooh. Um, what kind, it, of, what uh, kind of genitalia does being have? Whatever I want. Whatever the moment calls for. <laughs> what would you like tonight, uh, honey? <laughs> whatever, whatever you're serving up, Dale. Uh, Thor's um, hammer tonight. <laughs> Oh god, that went into it's like shape-shifting genitalia. <laughs> oh god, from shame wanking to shape-shifting genitalia. <laughs> With the title of a book series. Well, we've hit, we've hit an all-time low. Uh, thanks for thanks for sticking with us, listeners. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's, it's it's once again everything just is the the it's, it's it all just is. There's nothing better or worse or good or bad or right or so wrong. you're saying it's it's accepting that there's two sides to every coin you know there's 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 contentment well, that's, there's a discontentment. that's a spectrum a spectrum everything's on a spectrum and yeah. and happiness is on a spectrum and you know the, the each end of the spectrum is black and white so there is there is the ends of the spectrum but then there's everything in amongst the spectrum and you transcend the spectrum and it all it all just is yeah yes yeah, so it's removing yeah, the, the, removing the judgment yeah yeah totally that's really well put. that's like the, that. the second zen patriarch it's like the 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 way i'm going to butcher this but it's like the way it becomes easy for the man who has no preference so it's, i have no preference of emotional state because it's all transitory yeah, I was just listening to a Ram Dass podcast on the way here, and he he, he was touching on it about um, I can't remember what he said exactly, um, but it was yeah, it was along those lines of um, yeah, not 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 preferencing things. It's it's I don't I wouldn't prefer it to be like this. It's it, it is that complete surrendering and and deep acceptance of of what is and. If we don't accept what is, and the reality, it's the reality of what is, not the potential of what it all could be or what we prefer it to be, but the reality of what is, then we can die happy. You know, I've been talking to death with 
few clients late, about death with clients and talking talk to, to death, death. Yeah. yeah talking to death that's, yeah that's just, deep uh, that's really deep he came, came, he came in he's doing a 12 week program the grim reaper uh, <laughs> he's got some baggage leave your, leave your giant sif at the front door please <laughs> yeah so we've been talking about death and one client was um she'll know who she is when she listens to this she was talking about her fear of death um that had been triggered by, by an event recently um, and I heard myself say something and I was like, well, Ram Dass talks about you know, death is just another moment for the soul and, you know, it's just a, and, and so I sort of explained that on the whiteboard and, oh, yeah, but then I went, it's, it's funny to be afraid of death because you've been dead before, before you're in existence, you were dead, you, you, you know, so you've already, you've already died. You've already been dead. What is there to fear? It's people, people aren't afraid of death per se. They're afraid of not seeing the people they like or they're afraid of the unknown. Mostly they're not afraid of death itself. It's Yeah. It's, it's like, are you afraid of what it was like before you were born? What was it like before mm. you were born? I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, cool. yeah. It'll probably yeah. be that again. And, and do you have an aversion to that? No. All right, problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Next. Next, please. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's so- interesting. It's it's like, you know, today I'm I'm super happy and excited, but I don't expect or even want it to be like that all the time because you spoke about earlier. I would call that normalization. But all all that would do is just normalize that state, and then we're going to look look for the next thing. That's just sort of what it is to be human. It's like we can either sit in deep acceptance of who and what we are as the best to the best of our knowledge, or we can keep trying to find, you know, the next thing and clawing at it because it won't it won't be long before. No, I mean I did this most of my life with drugs. It's like I want to be happy and excited all the time. And let me tell you, I tried really hard, and it's impossible. <laughs> it leads to more pain. It's like the ancient. Uh, was it the Romans or Greeks? Might have been the Romans, and they had obviously their upper class. You know, the most powerful empire in the world. You know, their upper class had unlimited resources; they could do anything they want. So it was all at their disposal. So as a human being, what do I want? I just want, you know, all sorts of different pleasure and happiness all the time. And you know, that was all the the best, you know, wine and and women and and all of this. But then all of a sudden, one beautiful woman became two beautiful women, became five beautiful women, became these giant orgies. They would end up getting to a point where they tried to stay at this pleasure for so long that they would actually had to inflict pain on other people. They would start hurting women they would sacrifice women they would do stuff to get themselves you know hurt you know in that kind of uh snm kind of deal and, and all that kind of stuff and it's like it just keeps leading more and more towards pain that you're kind of trying to avoid the whole time and i think people have tried that throughout history it's it's no different to yeah, Ram Dust when he was he was getting high on meditation. He was trying to escape being a human. He, he was trying to avoid the human experience. Um, took him thirty years to figure out that you know he's a human. He's signed, he's signed up for it. So uh, what you're saying, you know, we can it's escapism. Uh, what it is it's I want to get out of this, and I just I just want to 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 feel good all the time. There's that deep attachment. I want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad. There's that avoiding 
avoiding avoiding the spectrum avoiding the totality of it all and it, it just as you succinctly put it's it's just leads you back around to it so it creates this really shitty cycle and you end up exactly where you don't want to be and then the hilarious part is then you get distorted that so many people get angry at being angry or anxious at being anxious or uh, you know, frustrated being frustrated and it just deepens the cycle yeah, and the cycle when it goes on for years and even decades, and people do kind of forget where the cycle even began. That's why delving into where a lot of these thought patterns and emotions come from is important. Because, like you said, it might start somewhere and start spiraling on itself, but then when you go years and decades in the future, yeah, you're more angry and upset about being angry and upset, and then you're like, I don't even know what I was initially angry and upset about. But oftentimes, it's because we're stuck in this cycle of trying to like chase a rainbow of not being you know who we want to be authentically and trying to find quick fixes for everything every little problem we have we're just looking for a uh, a pill or a person to pacify ourselves i i used to not like a lot of things which is <laughs> same, seems quite nonsensical sitting here in this version of myself now um yeah i, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have liked everything that's been going on lately. I wouldn't have liked seeing M in suffering. I wouldn't have, I would have had an opinion on it. Um, I would have had a judgment of it all, but with the way it's, and myself with it, within all these experiences, I would have had judgments of myself, but within it, it's just been, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's it didn't, feel wonderful but it still just felt i just felt it and, and that was okay to feel it and it was okay for him to be sad and it's okay for the kids to be sad and it's, it's okay for us all to be on our journey in fact it's beautiful when you when you transcend the judgment of it it, it, it all becomes beautiful and and my heart breaks every day and and that's beautiful because that means I am love, and 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 the heart doesn't stay broken. It's not what people. It's not a Mills and Boone novel or anything. It's 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 empathy. It's compassion. It's, it's um, you know ah, oh, it's tragedy, and you you want to feel it. You want it to come in, but you then you want it to do its thing, and you want it to leave. So, oh yeah, well, people are, are deathly afraid of, of feeling feelings. And then they fall into these escape mechanisms and and it just doesn't do anyone any good. Yeah, well, you spoke about judgments and it gets conditioned into us pretty early on that, you know, we shouldn't be feeling, you know, bad or, or heavy feelings, you know, because that and oftentimes mm. because they were kind of rejected when we were younger. But it all is beautiful, you know. Yeah, like when you can lose the story around the the feeling and just feel it, I mean, it's so beautiful, like grief, like, man, if, when you really sit in grief and feel it completely and you lose the story of whatever you've lost shouldn't have gone or it should come back and you just feel grief, it is incredible. It is just so beautiful. That's why we love going and watching a movie that might elicit the grief because the story's not mine. You know, I probably said this in a mm. podcast before, but, you know, I went when, when a, a Lady Gaga fan over here um just just for anyone that wants to know um just just pop pop out of the closet then with that didn't you I, I once i once went to a lady gaga concert and um i wore like a lady gaga singlet and i went with my ex-wife and one of our mates who like 
because I was open about it and so many guys are closet like like Lady Gaga and he's like I might come to the concert with you I'm like yeah come mate come and we went and I bought him like those those fluoro glasses with the lines in it and me and him were wearing that and we were on the floor and we had this other um uh, homosexual friend up in the crowd and he was messaging going it looks like my ex-wife is with just she's a fag hag with two fags down there I'm like yeah <laughs> we're going for it it's great um but when the a star is born came out um, I went and watched it at the movies and I fucking cried. It's such a sad movie. And I like bawled my eyes out through pretty much the whole thing. And then as soon as I left, if anyone asked me, how's the movie? I'm like, it was so fucking good. Like, you should go and see it. It's like, I mm. want my friends to feel sad. It's like at, at our core, I think we know that these emotions are beautiful. But when we have our own baggage and our own stories attached to them, we're like, nah, nah, don't want them, don't want them. In the context of a movie or a TV show, it's like, it's their story, so it's it's okay. I'm safer to feel this. Um, yeah, when, when we're a little bit removed from it, it's 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 okay. Distance. Uh, you know, when we when we put Carlos down, the cat on on Monday, you know, we're sitting in the room, and I'm just sitting there looking at three people I love, plus a cat that I love, and and you know, my heart's breaking, and I'm and because I was transcending the judgment of it, that it wasn't good or bad that this was happening. It's just, you know, I can't have life without death and it's all one and, and, you know, as soon as we're born, we start dying and all that sort of stuff. And and then I was just in my heart space. I wasn't in my ego, which is where the judgment, I wasn't in my judging mind. I was in that that Buddha nature, that heart space. And and it was was such a beautiful experience. I was so grateful uh, to be there and to, to to be sharing that moment with with people I love, and until you've done enough work, people struggle to get their heads around it. Their minds really can't grasp that, and until it's it's been cultivated a certain way. So, and it's a very uh, male. So just to jump in, it's, 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 it's a really important point you bring up because obviously you know we've got a lot of blokes listening to the show, and it's such kind of a male thing to see problem want to fix it it's like what's the short the 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 path from a to b to fix whatever this problem is and because we deem these heavy emotions or our loved ones being sad as a problem we want to go ahead and fix it and you're talking about being in this space of just letting that be it's okay for people to be sad like in that moment in my head and i used to do this most of my life you know and and in my head it's like the male energy it's like oh they're crying because the cat's died that's right stop crying we'll go get you a new cat now it's like let's push the emotions down and let me see what I can do logistically in the world to manipulate the world to try and make everybody feel okay. And a lot of men as well, so many that I've worked with have also, if they can't find some sort of quick fix for it, then they kind of take on those emotions as, as a bit of a burden as well, instead of just saying, hey, this is, it's it's a perfectly appropriate moment for everybody to be sad and grieving. Let's let me, oh, let me grieve with you. When a when a when a child's cry, how many times does it hear "stop crying"? And it's like suppress your emotions, please. Stop Would being you suppress a them stop even being more. A <laughs> stop being stuck. Stop being so sensitive. Yeah. That's a that's a classic. What what you're talking about before um, uh, was you know, obviously the shape shifting genitalia. Or was it after that? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's 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 that's. I knew you'd want to come back to that. that. That's one of the four noble truths in Buddhism. It's the fifth um, one. They've added a new one. (laughs) The the Buddha's rolling in his new Uh, incarnation of whatever it is. My penis is shaped like the Buddha. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wonder if the Buddha came back. I wonder if he... Oh, he'd be, I reckon he would have been pretty done. Like, I don't know. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Pretty, maybe come, maybe, maybe to humble himself, he'd come back as a, you know, a homeless a guy probably, living in the street. I probably went... When, when you become enlightened, I think you just come back as a dog. Maybe uh, a maybe a, a gnat or some sort of flea. Maybe a mayfly lives for a day. That'll do him. Ma- a march fly. A march fly. Everyone. Oh, God. Yeah, Buddha. Yeah, Buddha, stop it. Anyway, so they, um, the, the four noble truths. Uh, the last one is the eightfold path. So that's the way out of suffering. And when you're talking about removing your personal story from things, <laughs> that that's pure understanding. That's one of the the um, things on the the eightfold path. Uh, and it's so it's so important. I think we're, we're going to interview um, a, a principal from a local school here soon and to talk about um, what what is any of this been taken into the school curriculum and the number one question I hear from clients is well, why aren't we learning this in school why aren't we being taught this in school why is it all IQ and no EQ um, so I think it's so important for us to to can't, to find to find that path, whether it's Buddhism or whatever, it's so important to find a path to follow. Uh, you know, guidance. We need we need guidance. We're not we're not born and given a handbook and said, "Oh, this is how to manage this and how to, you know, live not in so much suffering." It's it's, it's important to find something that resonates with you and connect with, and and it can sort of help you along the way. But a lot of people are just. It's like a free for all. They're just doing their best, and but it's it's chaos out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that chat also. Actually, um, I mean, there's some more programs coming into schools which are really promising. But as far as curriculum goes, it would depend on, I suppose, the school because obviously we're looking at things. You know, with Tommy now, Tommy's four next month. Um, do you want to come to his party? By the way, we're just organising it. We're going to send out invites soon. Dinosaur World. Come in. <laughs> I'm so there. Can I, can I can I come as a as a, as a uh, an Autobot? You can a come. Dino bot. Can I, a Dino Grimlock. You're gonna come as Grimlock. Yeah. Me oh. Grimlock. <laughs> you can absolutely do that, Nick. You can come as whatever you want. Oh, come as you are. In a bra. <laughs> mm. So uh, I am looking forward to that chat as well. So with Tommy, yeah, we're kind of looking at. You know, which way do we want to go here? I have so many hang-ups with the the standardised school system that I'm not well, looking you there. Mean it's, it's, an, uh, it's an archaic system that judges yeah. the fish and its ability to climb a tree. You, yeah. Really? You've got a problem, you've got a problem with that? Yeah, a little problem with it. A little bit. You get you to remove, remove your personal story from it, man. Remove your much, judgment of it, man. this much? Or a little judgment? Do the, I got a little niggling judgment on it, going on. Do the work. <laughs> hey, I've got, some, I've got some beautiful things to share with you. I've written them down. Wow. Uh, uh, this is advice for people listening. Don't go to your friends for advice. Go to a trained professional. <laughs> I've got a, I had a client uh, handling a situation really well. He was, he was, you know, he'd come a long way, and he, he was, he was in it. And he was, and then he, 
he went to the pub therapists, um, you know, the blokes, the, the bar flies. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. And and it was a very tragic um, circumstance. Um, you know, a, a person had tried to take their life. And and he went to the pub therapist and, and, and guess what their advice, or their initial reaction was, um, oh, pity he didn't finish the job. Right. And, and oh yeah, no, fucking, fucking, and that's that's the that's the tangent they took him on. That's the oh, just it felt horrendous. And, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, and and I, I said, buddy, you gotta you gotta email me, ring me, call me if you if you ever wanting some advice. Please don't go to these unhealed people. They're they're not. It's not yeah, good for you, unless so you're friends. If you're friends with me and Nick. Come, you know, you can come to us. Maybe because I, there's, I mean, because what you're talking about here is if I'm seeking advice, if I'm seeking counsel, is the person I'm seeking counsel with, you know, leading a life that kind of I want to live? You know, are they living by ideals? Well, if, that I if, live? If, I, if I want to, if I want to build a house, I'm going to go and ask a builder. If I, if I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not just going to wing it and shit's going to fall over and people are going to get hurt. So if I'm trying to figure out how to move through a really emotional experience, I'm going to go to someone who's probably <laughs> trained and competent in in handing out that advice. Yeah, yeah. There's like also this thing that you know, whether it's that, that bar mentality, it's like we kind of I think we're seeking like a bit of a community and a and a safe place, but we're just looking in the wrong area. I remember when I used to be a, a drug addict and I would happily give you unsolicited advice. Oftentimes it was solicited though. People would be generally asking about advice about how to live their life and I'd happily give it um, whilst I'm smoking meth and on my fifth day of being awake. And it's quite hilarious looking back on it because that was the, you know, it's like, why would you take, why would you ask this person for advice in the first place? Which is like the guy going to the bar. It's like, why are you even seeking counsel there? But oftentimes we just, we don't have, the people in our life or the willingness yeah. to see a professional to get that advice. It's, it's like you're handing out your business card. Oh, sorry, that's my crack pipe. I just dropped. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Can you grab that for me? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say about that. What other um, beautiful things do you have there, Nick? I have a, I am fortunate enough to have a client who is is she just fills the room. She is color. She is. It's not you. Um, oh, you're cracking your back. I thought you were like me. Yes, I'm that friend. Um, I was just cracking my back. My ego is not that active. Nick, come on. It, okay, right. Yeah, and, and she fills the room. She she is light. She's color. She is magnificent in her beauty. And 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 every session, she she's just an absolute she's a saint she's a saint and but she came in and, and and dan interestingly enough who we've had on the podcast who's who's working with me now um he, he he's coming into mindfulness he said something really wonderful he, he, he framed it really well he said for him mindfit is like a, an intersection of waking up and growing up waking up and growing up it's a beautiful up to description. what's available and emotionally maturing. And so this client came in and she was very childlike and she still is in her nature, but she was very immature as well. 
um, and she's done a lot of growing up and, and she's a mother of three beautiful kids and, and she came in and she shared with me, as I said, how, is, how, how have you been since last month? And she said, oh, it's been a roller coaster and, and, and I had I heard the most tragic thing and it was really beautiful. And I was like, Fuck, I can't wait to hear what this is. And she said, my 10-year-old came to me. My 10-year-old son came to me and he, and he said, Mom, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't feel connected. I don't want to live anymore. And and I just held my breath. I was like, oh, I wonder how she dealt with this. I wonder what, where she went. And she said, that's okay. And she just fell into her heart and fell into compassion and, and just created the most safest space for this little boy and just held that space for him. And I was just, I was crying with joy and with sadness and with everything. And I'm just like, what, what a moment in history. Um, I get to experience, I was very selfish. I made it about me. I was like, I get to experience this. And I, mean, hey, it's your session. And I thanked her profusely for the work that she'd done and, and for, for being of that nature for this person in suffering. And, um she just handled it so magnificently and and she said she couldn't have achieved that without doing the work she couldn't have, have reached that level of compassion and humanity without having really knuckled down and i just you know it was, it was stunning it was stunning to hear it oh it's so stunning because there's you know there'd rarely be a tougher um i suppose sentence to hear um, from a child, Dude, she, like she, tra- she, she transcended her ego, she transcended her mother nature, she transcended, she transcended everything. She, she just, <clears throat> it's, it was incredible. Like 90, 100, 100 mothers or fathers, you know, it, and the kid comes up and says, I don't want to live anymore. Oh, the reactions would have been, oh, what do you mean? Don't say that. Oh, that's terrible. You know, there would be this mindless reaction. And she went the opposite way. She went inwardly instead of outwardly and 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 just hugged him with her heart. And just, I was like, Wow. Because that's why, I mean, what does anybody in that situation need? They need to be held in a loving space unconditionally without agenda. And that's so incredibly hard for people to do because, like you said, they get themselves involved and, you know, no, you don't. Like, what can we do, blah, blah. Then later on when they're by themselves, oh, I'm stuffed up as a parent and they'll beat themselves up and all of this is taking about them away. Them. Yeah, it's taking them. them away from holding that loving space <laughs> for the person that they, they do in fact love. Well, I've said, I've said to the clients all the time, your primary job is is working on this. Your, your parenting and your occupation all that is secondary you can't be of service you can't help anyone unless you're helping yourself first and foremost you got to be okay before you can before you can be there for others and then two days later i had another client come in and say her daughter uh, came up to her and said i want to kill myself and that opened this beautiful conversation and we got to explore We've got a tool in here we call looking beyond the projection. So, so not engaging them on that level and reacting on that level, but coming underneath it, which my, my past client did. 
Um, and I said, your daughter's not saying she wants to end her life. She's not saying, I want to kill myself. What's she really saying? If you, if you tune right into her, what she's saying, and she's saying, I'm struggling. I feel stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't want to be the, suffering uh, anymore. Exactly. It's, it's, she doesn't want to end her life per se. She doesn't extinguish her, her life force. Um, and so when we can meet them on that level and, and be non-reactive to them, that's what we, we the, the place you get to in, in doing enough of this work is, as you can sometimes, yeah, sometimes the best response is no response. It's just that, oh, how interesting. Oh, that's okay. Oh. And not preferring them to not come to you with that. Like on, on this surface level, no parent would like their child to come to them and say, I want to kill myself. But we've got to stop operating on that level so much and come underneath it and just go, I'm, I'm, I'm here and you're stuck. And, and here, what's appropriate? This is EQ. Social awareness is the third step. Fourth one is relationship management. What does What is required? What is necessary right now? It's not what do I think or, or how do I fix this or how do I make this go away or how do I change it? It's, it's here and, and it needs to be left alone. Uh, well, not left alone. It needs, it needs to be cared for. Mm. Yeah, it's actually, you know, most kids who feel that way wouldn't actually feel safe enough to speak to their parents about it in the first place. Totally. And so it's kind of well, out of sight or out of mind to them, but it's like it's actually a, a sign of, of of good connection there that, that someone's even able to open up. I know I would have never told parents about those feelings or the fact, you know, uh, fact that I was using uh, drugs right. or whatever it was, just never. No, the sense of shame would have, would have been to, you know, the pride, the fear of being judged, the ego would have prevented it. So, uh, so that, that were amazing. Um, a, a big theme lately about people and meditation and uh, speak about gratitude. There's a lot of doing meditation and doing gratitude. We've spoken about, I yelled at people before about stop doing your gratitude lists. Um, but it's, it's just really interesting. You know, people are looking for apps and I'd love your thoughts on this because I think apps are dumbing us down. You know, someone said, oh, what's a good app you recommend for meditation? And I burst out laughing um, and, I, and I caught myself, <laughs> I apologized and, and then explained that meditation has been around for two and a half, three thousand years. Um, they did pretty well without an app back in the day. Um, and then I, I said, hey, are, are you breathing? And they're like, yes. I said, how do you know? Well, because I'm alive. And I said, no, that, that's, that's you guessing. How, how, how do you know that you're actually breathing? stop and actually listen to a breath yeah i'm breathing you just meditated look at that now now do it for two breaths oh the training wheels fell off now you're a proficient meditator well played well done congratulations you think it's funny though like on an app it'd be like okay now pay attention to your breath and you're like oh this app's great (laughs) (laughs) recommend it to all my friends it's making us lazy. We're, we're just opening up and have someone else do it for us. And, and I understand people People go, oh, but am I doing it right or wrong? And you can't fuck it up. You've got a breath. Just listen to it when the mind wanders off. The, the breath is a stimulus. The breath, we focus on the breath in meditation because 
we can only breathe in the here and now. We're not breathing in the past, we're not breathing in the future. So the, the breath is just a vehicle to bring us into this moment. And, and it's just stimulus. So you're observing stimulus. Then when the mind wanders off, which is its nature and it's going to do, then you just observe that. That's just stimulus. And then you just bring it back to the breath and focus on the breath. And that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's meditating. Terribly difficult. And, but then people do their 15, 30, 60 minute meditation and then get up and mindlessly go out and, and do the rest of the day. And I'm like, you've just been observing stimulus internally, thoughts, feelings, breath, whatever. As soon as you open your eyes, you can stay in observation of things. That's that's living a meditative life, to stay in the observation of things, just keep witnessing, keep noticing all day. And when, when you find yourself off in a, an illusion of the future or recalling you know, a video of the past, just bring yourself back to observing whatever's around you at this point in time. So uh, for people listening and, and jumping on their apps and everything, just, just put the apps away for a while and just, just sit with yourself, sit with your breath, and you've got everything you need to meditate at your disposal. I was uh, watching the other night, actually, um, to try and relate everything back to golf. Um, I was watching the, the a golf show on, on KO and um, they were playing a few holes with Jeff, Jeff Ogilvy, former you know Australian golfer, US Open champ. And um, yeah, they're the, playing with one of the, the ladies and she got to hit her approach shot and went to grab her um, range finder, you know, which is, you know, tech. We're talking about just adding tech to everything really. And Jeff Ogilvy was like, oh, put that away, put that away. Just don't worry about it. I'm like, how, how far out do you think you are? Like what club? And she's like, oh, I don't know, kind of look, feels like a seven on. It's good, hit it. Then she hit it and she got it on the green and he's like, we're all trying to add tech, you know, to golf. And this, this relates to meditation and everything. And he goes, the more tech that we add, and yes, it's wonderful. And you got your, your track man and get your numbers and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, we don't want to lose the actual connection with the earth around us and the golf course in front of us. We don't want to uh, disconnect. Um, and then, you know, with golf, and I see this with meditation as well, like exactly what you're saying. It's like, let me try and add more, try and codify it to an extent. Mm. And then once it's codified, add some technology to it. And then, like you said, people, they might commit to this 20 minutes in the morning meditation that they do on an app, but it's like they can't wait for that bell to ring and the 20 minutes is up so they can mindlessly go about their day. And then but, but they also want to tick the box and I've meditated, yes. And then, and then I've written my three things I'm grateful for. So I've ticked these boxes and wandered off. Yeah, and it's like uh, thinking that that was the goal but it's like, why did you decide that being grateful or meditating was going to be good for you in your life? You know, why Why were you wanting to do it? Like, is, is it because you want to live a more peaceful and meditative life? Or you're not going to do it if you're constantly trying to as- schedule it, then escape away from it. I had a client the other week and um, we had this you know, certain focus of him coming up in a session and he's very structured like that. And he's like, all right, I'm like, this is, you need to meditate on this, like literally as much as you can and he's like like how much like just morning and night like what times what times of the day are best i'm like literally whenever <coughs> you remember i'd prefer if you were meditating on this the majority of the day whilst you're doing everything else now early on it'll take a little bit of training of your attention to do that maybe if you want to set a timer five times a day where you focus on that that's good but then let it go and start to do it naturally 
okay because otherwise we're reliant on all this stuff we're you know that's you'll see it when people go you know away and there's no phone reception or something or their phone died it's like they're lost it's like you're not lost you're still here and like well, you said, they're that- disconnected. They're, they're so disconnected, as you said. It's just like, uh, where, where's my safety net? Where's my mechanism to? It's, it's dopamine. It's where's my dopamine hit? And it's like actually just, just sit. A client um, picked up on what you were just saying. He said, "I get a bit confused because Ryan keeps saying meditate on this, and 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 I'm gonna enlighten you here. It's." there's a difference between meditation and contemplation. So if meditation is simply observing things as they are, and, and so observing the breath, if we want to meditate on something more often, that's, that's more contemplation. That's more, I want you to, I want you to really think about this. I want you to contemplate this. I want you to go into this and explore it and figure it out. That's, that's, that's different to meditating per se. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're so, I suppose, linked to me because when I am more meditative and feel clear, clear and have clarity, then I'm able to contemplate really beautifully from a really, you know, beautiful place. So oftentimes a meditation will, in those terms, become a contemplation um, mm. for me. But you can say, so I, I just, it, I, I, I just it, like saying meditate on this. Meditate on this. Yeah, I know. Semantics, you know what I'm like with semantics. Um, it's because as soon as we get lost in thought, if we get swept away in a thought, then we're not present. And and meditation is all about being in in the here and now. It's all about being in that moment. So if you're going to contemplate, set the intention to go, go into contemplation. Sit with your eyes closed. And, all right, I'm going to contemplate, and, and you, you're going to the mind will go off into those thoughts, and and will conjure and create and do whatever that's beautiful that's 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 wonderful but then if you want to meditate sit there and just when you notice the mind wanting to wander off into the thoughts that's where you bring it back yeah so, yeah like you said the breath's always available you can bring it back it's as simple as that i do it every night when i'm going to sleep mm. and i go to sleep like that it's just focus on the breath oh this happened today this is happening tomorrow this is going to happen next week Back to the breath, back to the breath. Then off we go, off we go to sleep. I've got a question for you. Uh, what the the term, answer is yes. Do you have shape-shifting genitalia? Yes. Oh. What do you think it is right now? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's arm holding a bowling ball. Fuck. Sorry, just a, this is a tangent, but there's some videos circulating now. They're able to like superimpose somebody's face onto a movie character like flawlessly now. Like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So someone sent me like, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like really ugly old male actor and he's like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. And the other day they put Arnold Schwarzenegger on Kate Winslet's face in Titanic and he's like, paint me Jack. And it's like, it's it's seamless. I'll send it to you after we jump off. It is fucking so funny. And he like takes his robe off. He's got the long hair. Anyway, ask me the question. <laughs> what determines if someone is more affected by a situation than somebody else? What 
two people parallel universes uh, walking down the street someone drives past and goes hey you fucking idiot one person gets really affected by that and would need to go to therapy to, to help trauma on a spectrum someone would just go oh okay whatever and the other person would go oh and they'd be deeply affected it'd be a traumatic experience for them yeah what a what a What's the difference between two people experiencing the same thing and having trauma or not trauma? Yeah, so uh, we, we get conditioned by our, our environment and, and where we grew up and we're being conditioned all the time. Most conditioning happens in the first seven years, but we're always being conditioned as human beings. Our brains are always uh, plastic, neuroplasticity. They move around. So because we've all had different experiences, we all have different conditioning. So we have different filters with in which we view the world. So it's like we're all wearing these, these kind of filters, these invisible filters, and we'll filter reality through those to try and work out, you know, what's important and what's not. And so if someone's driving the car and someone's like, hey, you fucking idiots, and then one person, there's like just nothing, like what a clown. And the other person's deeply affected by it. Maybe when they were younger growing up, their father yelled at them and called them a fucking idiot all the time. Um, maybe there was a group of guys in the car who beat them up or abused them when they were younger. Okay, So hence, that's going to trigger part of their conditioning, which is a trauma response, which hence they probably need to, to seek some professional help for that. I mean, that's why two people can walk into the same room and see a completely different scenario. You know, we can... So, so could, we, could we summarize it as perception then? 100%. Okay, so a follow-up question. Do you think people realise that we can play around with perception? No, most people don't. That's so interesting. So it's it? like, because what happens now, then people will... So we this conditioning forms an identity structure. It's like a big tree. So we're born and there might be a little sapling right. here with some genealogical stuff. And then we grow up and we have this identity structure of who it is to be Ryan or who it is to be Nick. And then we get very the attached. Yeah, we yeah, exactly. An ego structure. And so basically then we get very attached to that. We identify with the ego structure. So now that's inherently who I am. And I don't realize that I can be different and play with that, as you say. So the, the two people, one goes, oh, they're not in their ego. Their ego isn't in the driver's seat. The other yeah. one, their ego is in the driver's seat. And the ego is the thing that's been bruised. I, mean, oh, I must be loved and liked. And these are my parameters of what being loved and liked is. And, and so I just experienced something outside of those parameters. And so now I have been wounded. It's the, the ego gets wounded. And it's, so then they so could go, they could be walking to a cafe to have lunch and they sit down at the cafe and a situation happens where it's flipped. And the other person who was calm before gets very, very reactive to a situation and the other person probably still thinking about being yelled at in the car and isn't even paying attention. So it's like we've all got this stuff um, going but that on. Person's, that person's in, in suffering, as we call it. You know, they've, they've been hurt and affected. And they say it's their fault. They hurt me. Now, where does the responsibility lie in, in, in our suffering? And for me, it's we have a responsibility to, you know, pure speech is one of the eightfold paths. Um, we have a responsibility to, to not harm others. But fundamentally, we have we are responsible for our own happiness. We, we have a responsibility to be able to operate in, in, a, in a reality where pleasant and unpleasant things are said and to not be so 
shifted around by everything. Yeah. So what I see, it's like people who are, you know, doing this kind of work that both you and I do, and they come into it for the first time, they go through these kind of three stages. And the first stage is what I would call, it's everyone else's fault. So they come in and like you're saying, and this is where most they, people They operate. made me feel this way. They yeah. made me feel this I'm way. I'm angry because my partner did this. My boss is doing that. Yeah. My friend used to speak to me now they're not. So it's everything's everyone else's fault. As you start doing this work, and that might take a few weeks, a few months, a few years, you then go to the second stage, which you're like, oh, everything's my fault. <laughs> Every emotional reaction that I have is coming from within me. Seemingly, I spoke about this the other week with someone. It's like we all you know, want to go on holiday because, you know, I keep being made to feel um, disrespected by my boss. Maybe that's a common theme is I can't wait to finish up work and just get away. And we think we're going to be away in a physical location. So we're going to be emotionally in a different location. doesn't take long. Once the novelty wears off, it'll be the fucking, you know, the, the checkout person at Woolworths who makes them feel disrespected. You know, it's like we're using other people to reinforce an emotional pattern. Well, you, you, you're, taking, you're taking the same mental filters with you on holiday. So you st- whether it's your boss or anyone else, that stimulus is still going to trigger those underlying toxic beliefs. 100%. So then we go through this place of radical ownership where we're like, oh, no, everything's actually my fault. But then after we start to work through that, we kind of get to this next phase, which is like, oh, no one's to blame. Nothing's anyone's fault. A, because because what happened because what happened to me when I was conditioned, I didn't ask to be conditioned that way. That's just what happened. So that's why I have these reactions now as an adult and I was conditioned at a very unconscious level. And then the people and circumstances that I was conditioned in, they were reacting off their conditioning. So I can't blame them either. So it's kind of this letting, and it's very hard for the ego to not blame someone for something, it's very hard to go, oh, no one's to blame here because it just wants to point and find someone. And so that kind of says that's, that's, that's a, that's a, a, that, uh, Yeah, that's a cognitive distortion, uh, and it, which is one of those lenses that we, we do. So um, uh, to summarise that, he who blames others has a long way to go. He who blames himself is halfway there. And he who blames no one has arrived. Is that? Did you make that up? Because if you did, no, no, oh. damn it! I, I don't have the was... ego to say oh, yes. <laughs> I really wish. <laughs> that exactly. Who said? Is that? A, is that a Buddhist thing? That really yeah, summed it up well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He who blames others has a long way to go, and once again, a long way to go. We're on a journey. There's a path. He who blames others is, is halfway there and he who blames no Isn't one. Isn't it funny? We, we go through our life and we come to these realizations in our own life and you realize someone summed it up in a couple of sentences a couple of thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like it takes 35 years to have a realization and then you realize someone summed it up easier than that many years ago. Well, that's, that, that, that's why the super woke, the, super woke the, the enlightened ones, they're called realized beings just because they've had so many realizations. They're, they're, they're in this pure, pure reality of, of existence. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. It's just really, uh, hopefully people here in, in that, um, that you know, doing this work is, is the ego, trying to just shift the ego, but the ego's got a part to play. Where, where it's, it's, you know, it's, it has a nature and everything, but we want to work with it instead of against it. And, uh, Ram Dass talks about you know, cauterizing, you know, getting a, a, a heating up some metal and searing it. It's like he cauterizes 
But, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's sort of what I do with clients. It's like whack-a-mole, the ego pops up and whack. He, he hurt me. I'm like, oh, where, where's my invitation to your pity party? Yeah. Where's the, <laughs> it's um, a dinosaur where's, world. Where's, yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's you know luckily i've got the rapport with them to, to play around with their suffering it's done with with empathy and, and, and respect and compassion but but i really do need people to to understand and hear how irrational they're being like, it's, look, it's great can, it's great when clients go because they've, they've they've been through it enough times and they'll come in really agitated and they'll start a story yeah, anyway, and he blow do this, and then they'll stop themselves and go, oh, I'm doing it again, aren't I? You're like, yeah. <laughs> so that's that waking up. That's the waking up is just awareness. That's the waking up. And then the growing up is done. In the waking up, it's like the worst. Oh, I, I'm, I'm in that. I'm in that tendency of mine. I'm in that habit. I'm in that conditioning. I'm in that pattern. Ah, now I can just laugh at myself, and that's we call that a mental rep. You can laugh at yourself, or just take a breath and let go, surrender. You know, and and just but now I'm always going, "Geez, ego, you, you're okay." And it's like, "No, I'm really hurt." And like, yeah, well, you'll be okay, and off we go. Have you read the book Awareness by Anthony DeMello? I have not. Yeah, I. I recommend it. Get the audio book. It's, it's it's a good um probably better on audio book actually because he's actually speaking to a, a crowd and they've just recorded it. Um, brilliant book. Exactly what you're talking about. It's just like wake up, but he's very um he's very blunt but very humorous at the same time. And um yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great little talk. Um, there's one bit he's talking about love and how it's you know all conditional love. And he's like, try saying to your partner, um. I'd rather be happy than be with you, you know? And then he sees all, all of the kind of the shame and the guilt and everything that, that that comes up with that. And it's like, so you want the same for them. So you'd rather them stay with you than be happy. And then someone in the crowd like nods. He's like, oh, you admit it. You admit it. So two people get together. <laughs> they'd rather be together than be happy. So they're both just stay together and be miserable. Long live love. And they just start laughing. And it's it's a really beautiful talk, actually. Um, great when you can go, go into that playfulness with it, and and I'm so grateful. Uh, how many times have I said the word grateful today? I just heard it again. And that, well, you started uh, off by saying you were in a puddle of gratitude. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I'm, 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 like I must have done my a spin-off I band of puddle of mud. <laughs> I must have done my gratitude. Nick did his five-minute journal this morning. Look at him go. <laughs> He felt hungover uh, and shit, and then he consciously got his app out and wrote, I'm grateful for my coffee I had yesterday, and then he was just oozing love, and that's what the app does. It works just like that. Oh, it was incredible. I can't, I'm going to go and download all of them <laughs> and, and, live in, and live in a digital reality. Yeah, of- just live in gratitude lists. That's your whole life from now on. Maybe you'll you get a VR headset in the metaverse, create gratitude land, and it'll just be all different lists of what people oh, are grateful for. Oh, I'm having a, a deeper version to that. I'm in suffering. I better go and do some work around surrendering to that. Do a surrender <laughs> list. I just, I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Go on, man. Beautiful. Oh. Right. Hung over and grateful. That's what I'm going to call this episode. Hung over and grateful. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Um, we hope you have taken something away from that talk, even if it maybe is your, your ego getting poked a little bit. That's always a good thing. 
Um, please hit us up if you have any questions or want us to talk about anything when, on future when, episodes. When you can play with the ego, just finish up. Um, when you realize the ego is the only thing that's really getting hurt, yeah, we, clients come and they start throwing themselves under the bus and it's beautiful. Oh, I had this pity party. I was kidnapped by my ego and, this, this, this. and they, they start throwing the ego under the bus and, and there's this um, humility comes in. Humility can't exist when the ego is in existence. So they come with this wonderful, humble humility and, and taking the piss out of themselves. And I know that they're home and hosed when they're in that space. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Nico. Thank you as always, mate. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.